the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. City WLCC Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Online at Let's Talk Or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey. The following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre recorded. Listen, the message of the cross is still offensive today. It insults people especially false teachers. It invites persecution from unbelievers because, note this, the cross offends the respectability of religious moralists by telling them that they are not good enough to merit heaven. Speaking of the stumbling block of the cross, one Bible teacher said these powerful words, it is offensive because it is so unflattering. People hate to be told that they need to go to the cross. What they see when they get there is Jesus of Nazareth hanging as a naked and bloody sacrifice. What that says about them is that they are sinners who need a Savior. So listen, do not be surprised if you are persecuted by false teachers. They hate the cross, and they hate the Christ of the cross. It offends their sense of morality. You are listening to Verse by Verse, a daily Bible study taught by Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel, in Clearwater, Florida. Today, Steve will be bringing the third part of a message titled, The Negative Effects of False Teachers. He will show that false teachers confuse and persecute believers. At the end of our class, I will tell you how you can obtain a CD of the entire three parts of this study and how you can listen to it again. We have a lot of area to cover today, so let's get right down to business. Here is Pastor Steve to lead our class. Listen, here's Satan's strategy to throw believers like us off course. He wants to get your focus off of the Lord and onto yourself and your own efforts at improving yourself by being religious and self-righteous. And so he sends his ambassadors, false teachers, to do his, his bidding to try to confuse you by telling you that there is something more that you really can do if you just try hard enough, you can earn your way into heaven. But Satan, remember what Jesus said, he is a liar. He knows very well that no matter how hard we might work, we cannot work our way into heaven. But if he can persuade you to try, then he has succeeded in diverting your attention away from Jesus Christ to being self-focused and having a religion that is all about you. Now, this is precisely what was taking place amongst the Galatians. The legalism that they had been taught to by the Judaizers was causing them to think only about themselves and all that they could do to be good and righteous. Now, let me balance this. It is highly unlikely that everyone in the Galatian churches, and there was more than one because Paul says he's writing this letter to the churches, of Galatia, how many we don't know. But it is highly unlikely that everyone in the Galatian churches had fallen for the error of the Judaizers and was on the verge of abandoning Christ for legalism. 
Nevertheless, though that be the case, Paul understood just how threatening this situation was to all of the people in the churches of Galatia, even if only a few of them actually were contemplating this error. And so he proceeds to tell them why this situation was so dangerous, and in doing so, he gives us a second negative effect that false teachers have upon believers. Number one, they hinder believers from obeying the truth, but they also, Paul says, two, they corrupt entire churches. Verse 9, he says, a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. Now, apparently, this saying was a proverb that was well-known in Paul's day, and it's a saying taken from the world of bakery concerning the commonly known fact that just a pinch of, of yeast in bread causes a whole lump of dough to rise. Now, Paul was applying this bakery truism to the situation facing the Galatians. Just as a little bit of leaven leavens the whole lump of dough, so, and here's his point, so a little bit of the Judaizer's error was corrupting the entire church, in this case, entire churches. So what Paul was saying was that the falsehood of the Judaizers was spreading and that their entire church was in danger of being infected by this error. Listen, never underestimate the impact of theological error, no matter how small or insignificant it might seem, because just a little bit of error has the power to spread and pollute and affect everything it touches. Entire churches have been destroyed by a single heresy coming from one individual that eventually permeated the whole congregation. Hear these significant words by Philip Ryken. Like yeast in a loaf of sourdough bread, heresy has a way of spreading until it works its way through the whole church. Each fundamental doctrine of the Christian faith is related to all the others. To get even one of them wrong, he writes, is to threaten the whole system of doctrine. This connection led Martin Luther to observe that, and I quote, in theology, a tiny error overthrows the whole teaching. Now, what Paul points out here then ought to be a strong encouragement, folks, to each of us to make sure that we don't allow any false doctrine related to the gospel message to gain a foothold in us or in our church. Listen, I I know this can sound very narrow and very closed-minded, but we have to be as narrow as the Bible is and resist any error that strikes at the heart of the gospel. Otherwise, it'll just spread and affect other doctrines. See, I would assume that Paul brought this little leaven proverb up because apparently some people in the churches of Galatia were probably saying something like this, Paul, what's the big deal? We're just talking here about circumcision. It's a minor, minor surgery. It's no big deal. How bad can that be? But Paul is telling them just a little bit of circumcision for salvation teaching and the entire doctrine of justification by faith is going to be overturned. It is important. So we must be on guard to address any theological error that deviates from the message of the gospel. Otherwise, we will be, as Paul says, completely contaminated. Remember this. Forest fires are started by just a little carelessness 
that ignites a small flame. So a little error can bring down an entire church. Now, so far, we've seen two negative effects that false teachers have upon believers. Number one, they hinder believers from obeying the truth. Number two, they corrupt entire churches. But Paul moves on now in verse 10, and he gives us a third negative effect that false teachers have upon believers. He tells the Galatians that false teachers, number three, confuse believers. Verse 10, I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will adopt no other view, but the one who is disturbing you will bear his judgment, whoever he is. Having just told the Galatians that the nature of false teaching is that it corrupts and it spreads, Paul now gives them a word of encouragement. What a sweet thing from the Apostle Paul. In the midst of this hard language, he gives them some encouragement by telling them that he is optimistically confident that they will adopt no other view of salvation than the one that he taught them about grace and faith in Christ alone. In other words, he wants them to know that he's persuaded that they, as a whole, will not follow the false teaching of the Judaizers. But notice that Paul's confidence is, is not so much in the ability of the Galatians to resist false teaching, but his confidence is in the Lord. He says, I have confidence in you in the Lord to bring you to your senses and return you to the right view of justification by faith. But Paul was equally confident that while the Galatians would be fine, the one who was causing all of this trouble would bear the judgment of God. Notice that in this verse, Paul gives the impression that he has one individual in mind who was causing the problem with the Galatians. Notice verse 10 again. But the one who is disturbing you will bear his judgment, whoever he is. Now, this doesn't mean that there was only one false teacher bothering the Galatians. There, there had to be several. But rather, what Paul is talking about is this, this man he's referring to, who perhaps he doesn't even know who he was because he says whoever he is, but he's referring to the ringleader of the Judaizers, the primary instigator, the, the head man of this heretical attack on the Galatians. Paul firmly says that this man, and by application all the false teachers, but this man will experience God's certain judgment, which is precisely what the rest of Scripture says. False teachers will be judged, and they will be judged severely. Let me show you this. 2 Peter. 2 Peter is a letter all about false teaching. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 3, Paul says, in their greed, meaning the greed of the false teachers, they will exploit you with false words. Their judgment from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. They may look like they're getting away with it, but God has said in the past, that false teachers will be dealt with. And, and that's exactly what he means. Verse 9, the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment. They may look like they're getting away with it. They're not going to. There will be a day of reckoning. Their judgment, as I said, is very severe. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, verse 6, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble in context, the little ones means any Christian, not just children. The one who causes one of these little ones, these believers, to stumble, it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. 
It would be better for this man to have died before he ever causes one of my children to stumble. Now, why is God so severe in judging false teachers? It's because of the serious damage that they do to believers. Look again at verse 10 and see what negative impact Paul says the Judaizers, led by this individual, had upon the Galatians. He says, but the one who is disturbing you. Paul says that false teachers disturb true Christians. Now, what does he mean by this? In what way do they disturb us? Well, this particular Greek word that Paul uses here means to shake back and forth. And the thought here is that the Judaizers were troubling the Galatians by shaking up their theological foundations and confusing them about the way of salvation and the meaning of the cross. And that's the the negative effect that all false teachers have upon Christians. By their errors, folks, they disturb us. They create doubts in our minds about the truth. They throw us into confusion over what is biblical and true and what isn't. Listen, this is why God has given in the church, according to Ephesians 4, some who are pastors, others who are teachers. They are given to protect God's people by teaching them the truth and correcting them when they venture into error. That's why Paul says in Ephesians 4, verse 14, you are not to be like a child, a naive child tossed to and fro about every wind of doctrine. You're to be stable, and he means you're to be stable by learning the truth from your pastors and teachers. So be sure to be under sound teaching within the context of a local church, because that's the way God has designed it to protect his people, so that you are not tossed about by every new theological fad that you're exposed to. Now, up to this point, Paul has given three negative effects that false teachers have upon believers. They hinder believers from obeying the truth, they corrupt entire churches, and they confuse believers. Paul now comes to the fourth and final negative effect that false teachers have upon believers. He tells us, number four, they persecute believers. Verse 11, but I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? Then the stumbling block of the cross has been abolished. Now, what does he mean by this? These words by Paul appear to be a response to a false accusation made against him by the Judaizers. Apparently, the Judaizers claim that Paul still preached circumcision as necessary for salvation, just as they did and just as he used to teach in his pre-conversion days when he was a religious Pharisee. Now you say, how would they possibly come up with this? Because here the man has just written a whole book against that. See, it's very likely that the Judaizers, in defending their view of circumcision, claim that Paul was guilty of talking out of both sides of his mouth. Because, they said, he still preached circumcision when it suited him. When it didn't, he preached against it. But when it suited him, he preached in favor of it. Now, where would they ever get such an idea? Perhaps from the fact that Paul had Timothy, his missionary colleague, circumcised. He did. In Acts 16, we read that Paul made sure that Timothy, as a grown man, was circumcised. But the reason that Paul advocated Timothy's circumcision had nothing to do with salvation, but was only to minimize any criticism 
that might come against this young man in his ministry. You see, Timothy was half Jewish, half Gentile, half Jewish. If he had a ministry to the Jewish community and was not circumcised, they would never listen to him. You could not carry on Jewish evangelism and not be circumcised if you were Jewish. So it is true. Paul had Timothy circumcised, but not for salvation, not at all. As a believer and an apostle, Paul never advocated circumcision for that reason. And the proof that he did not circumcise anyone for the purpose of justification, he tells us here, is that he was still being persecuted by unbelievers. Verse 11 again, but I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, meaning as the way of salvation, then why am I still being persecuted? Then the stumbling block of the cross has been abolished. It's been removed. Now, what Paul is saying here is that if I were still preaching circumcision for salvation, as I used to do as an unconverted Jewish Pharisee, then there would be no reason for the Jewish community, including the Judaizers, to persecute me. But they do persecute me. They still persecute me. And they do it because I am preaching something that they stumble over and they hate and they despise, and that is the cross of Christ. See, what Paul is doing is telling the Galatians that the reason that he was persecuted was because he preached that Christ's crucifixion as our substitute sin bearer was the sole basis for the salvation of lost sinners. This was a stumbling block to the Judaizers in the sense that it was offensive to them. Why? Because it told them that they were not righteous. There was nothing they could do to earn their salvation. It told them that they were unrighteous sinners who could not be saved by keeping the law of Moses. Listen, the message of the cross is still offensive today. It insults people, especially false teachers. It invites persecution from unbelievers because, note this, the cross offends the respectability of religious moralists by telling them that they are not good enough to merit heaven. Speaking of the stumbling block of the cross, one Bible teacher said these powerful words, it is offensive because it is so unflattering. People hate to be told that they need to go to the cross. What they see when they get there is Jesus of Nazareth hanging as a naked and bloody sacrifice. What that says about them is that they are sinners who need a Savior. So listen, do not be surprised if you are persecuted by false teachers. They hate the cross, and they hate the Christ of the cross. It offends their sense of morality. Now, Paul has given, as you can see, quite a description of false teachers and the negative effect that they have on believers. They hinder us from obeying the truth. They corrupt entire churches. They confuse us with their errors, and they persecute us for proclaiming the truth of the cross. False teachers indeed are dangerous people, and every true Christian should stand opposed to them and their errors. Paul certainly did. He felt so strongly against them that no wonder he closed this passage with the harsh words we find in verse 12. I wish that those who are troubling you would even mutilate themselves. Now, as I told you earlier, these are not malicious words. These are not even crude words by Paul. His desire for these opponents of the cross is that they who advocated circumcision for salvation would not stop with circumcision on their own bodies, 
but would go all the way and castrate themselves. Now, it is helpful. Helpful to know that sacred castration was something that took place in the ancient world among some pagan religions. In fact, there was a popular pagan religion in northern Galatia where priests made themselves eunuchs in a special ritual. So it is very possible that in wishing for the Judaizers to be castrated, that Paul was in essence saying to the Galatians, look, if the Judaizers are so intent on troubling you about this ritual of circumcision for salvation, then why don't they just completely castrate themselves like the pagan priests of your region do if they think that this will earn them favor with God? It may very well be what Paul is saying to them. So it's not crude. It's not rude. He's just giving a sarcastic jab based on the heathen religious culture of that day. But regardless of what exactly Paul meant by these strong words against the Judaizers, it tells us that the man was passionately concerned about the spiritual safety of God's people and the purity of the message of the cross. That's the same kind of passionate concern that ought to drive each of us to stand in opposition to false teachers and false teaching. Listen, be careful who you listen to. Be careful who you learn theology from. Satan's strategy is to hinder your spiritual growth and confuse you over the truths of the gospel by sending false teachers your way, and he is very good at doing that. So don't pay any attention to them. Simply focus on the glory of Jesus Christ and the simplicity of your own devotion to him and run well. Run well by obeying the the Lord out of a heart that wants to please him. So are you doing that? Are you obeying him? Is there anything that you look at in your life, you say, it's hindering me. This is hindering me from following you, Lord. Then get rid of it. Deal with it. Cut it out today. Repent of it. And if you don't know this Jesus Christ who we've been talking about, then understand that the message of the cross is that you need him as your Savior. Yes, he is a bloody sacrifice, was a bloody sacrifice on the cross. But what that tells us is what our our sins are all about. Our sins required punishment. God's holiness, justice demanded punishment for our sin. Jesus Christ was our substitute being punished in our place. And it wasn't that he was simply a bloody mess hanging naked on the cross. Beyond that, the wrath of God was being poured out upon him, the wrath that you and I deserve. He took our place in payment for our sins. If you believe that, then more than simply acknowledge that in your head, trust Christ alone as the only basis for the forgiveness of your sins and going to heaven. Trust him as your one and only Savior. Let's bow for prayer. Lord, these are strong words, but these are inspired strong words. You inspired the apostle to write this for our admonition, Lord. Help us to take it as the admonition from you, to stand opposed to false teachers, to not fall into being politically correct and tolerant, even though that is the spirit of our age. Lord, I pray you'll help us to be strong in our opposition without compromising so that we We are strong 
and firm, but not rude, not crude, and not unloving, but help us to have a holy hatred for false teaching. Help us to have a a deep love for the message of the gospel and your people who need to be protected from false teaching. So I pray to that end, Lord. I pray also for any here who may not know the Savior. Only you can open their hearts to the gospel, Lord. Show them their the, the wickedness of self-righteousness, the wickedness of all sin, and their need to turn from their sin and turn to Christ for salvation. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Pastor Steve, for these enlightening and challenging studies on false teachers. You can order a CD of all three parts to this message by calling Verse by Verse at 727-239-0306. You can also listen again to this study and all previous studies on many different topics by going to our website, versebyverseradio.org. Click on the Message Archive page. Verse by Verse is a listener-supported ministry. You can contribute to the ministry by going to our website, versebyverseradio.org, and clicking on the Giving tab. That website again is versebyverseradio, all one word, dot O-R-G, and our phone number to order a CD is 727-239-0306. On our next Verse by Verse, Pastor Steve will begin a two-part study on Call to Freedom as he continues a verse-by-verse exposition of Galatians chapter... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.